Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. In this episode, I thought it would be a good idea to um, build on what I did on the previous episode. So if you haven't already listened to the previous episode, then I'd advise you to do that first of all, because this is going to be essentially part two of the Passion and Intimacy Killer, which I started to discuss on the previous episode. So if you have listened to the previous episode and you recognise that you've been using controlling, con- get my teeth back in, <laughs> you've been using controlling masculine behaviours in the past, you'll have begun to realise that, you know, this has been to your detriment to your past or current relationship because all a man will feel when we're in that controlling energy state is another masculine energy in the room. And unfortunately, all that will happen is that he will subconsciously feel negatively challenged or he'll want to disconnect and pull away and he won't even realise why he's doing that. For you, though, as the feminine and the woman in the relationship, it's important to remember that he's not attracted to another masculine energy and um, using inappropriate control is you being in a, a masculine energy space. So how do you learn to let go of control and respond instead as a high value feminine woman and get into that high value feminine energy space or state instead? Because it's very easy for us to keep justifying our controlling behaviour, isn't it? Um, it's very easy for us, for example, to lay blame at his door by telling ourselves he's immature and he's always acting like a child. But what I'd like to challenge you on is, have you ever asked yourself the question, how might I have contributed to this? Interesting, isn't it? For example, what have been the consequences for him if he's ever dared to make a decision on his own without your approval? And have these consequences contributed in discouraging him from taking the initiative or doing things for himself? In other words, has he now been conditioned to rely on you to rescue him all the time? And we need to answer these sorts of questions honestly and ask ourselves what we can do to let go of control and discover how to reclaim and step back into our natural feminine power and energy. And we can do this by being more appreciative and respectful in our relationships and and looking at men with fresh awareness and fresh eyes and respect and appreciate who they are. And this means realising that he is perfectly capable of doing things and thinking for himself. And this is the key to letting him know how much you trust him which in turn will restore 
and maintain that intimacy and connection that you, well, let's face it, we all want that, don't we? We all crave that. And when you think about it, does it really matter if he says something that you think or feel sounds ridiculous or stupid? It's not the end of the world, is it? It's important that we give him the time and the space to make his own mistakes. And if he needs to revise his decisions accordingly, as you would do for yourself, then so be it. So the first step is when he speaks, I want to um, advise you to now listen with new awareness and new respectful ears without criticising, complaining or comparing so that he doesn't end up feeling insulted or that you're disapproving and dismissing his abilities. And men are also very sensitive to our tone of voice. So it's also important to be more aware of how we speak and what tone of voice we're using. So um, again, think about using softer language, softer tonality, uh, with as much integrity as possible. Um, practice responding with phrases such as, um, you've got this, I trust you to handle this, I'll leave it in your capable hands, or whatever you think. And even if you're not entirely convinced that these types of responses um, are going to work for you, just test them. Because these types of responses will affirm your faith and trust in him. And honestly, it will really inspire him to do his best. Obviously, <laughs> there will be occasions when he does and will make poor decisions. And on the back of those decisions, they're obviously going to then lead to unsatisfactory outcomes or results. So, you know, be aware that that could happen and, and probably will happen. But we all do this. We all make mistakes. So... You know, it's not though as though we sail through our lives without ever making a bad or poor decision ourselves as women, is it? And it's also how we learn and grow, you know, from on the from making poor decisions, we, we then learn from that, you know, to make good decisions in the future. So it's important to remember it's only going to be a temporary setback if he makes a poor decision. It's never a do or die situation. Just um be aware and step into your kind compassionate, high value, feminine self at these times. And you know what? As a result of your encouragement and your admiration and your understanding, you'll reap the rewards of his undying love and create more passion, more intimacy and more connection than you can ever stand. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> Believe me, it is. <laughs> and it's well worth it. And you'll be very surprised to discover that by responding in a high value feminine way, this doesn't make you weak. In fact, it's just the opposite. It makes you very powerful. And you also may be wondering if the high value feminine woman approach negates you being able to have your say or express your opinion. And you'll be pleased to know that no. <laughs> All it means is that there is a natural high value feminine woman way to voice what you want to say which maintains the connection and maintains the intimacy with your man. So let me give you an example. Um, if you're frustrated about your man never taking you out, it might be tempting to vent it in a way that he would hear as a complaint, such as, 
you never take me out. And by using the word you, as in you, you never take me out, you're making it about him. And then on the back of that, there's probably going to be some disconnect. Whereas a high value feminine woman way would be to express it as a desire or a want and saying something like, I really love going out for meals or to the cinema. By using the word I at the start of that response, you're making it about yourself as a woman, about your wants and your desires. So do you hear the difference? When we're in a masculine energy state, we dismiss and reject his ideas, which also dampens his drive, his enthusiasm, and his, his, you know, his very um, purpose and ambition. A lot of men at this point step more into their feminine energy because his impression will be that, oh, you know what? It's it's you as the woman that takes the lead in, in this relationship and makes all the decisions. So he'll quite, quite often feel deflated and think, well, what's the point in making any effort? And he'll stop making the effort, which then has an, another negative knock-on effect because what will happen then is that you'll end up taking a lot of that responsibility on and end up feeling overwhelmed because you're then taking on more and more of the responsibilities in the relationship. And so the cycle continues. But we can actually break this negative pattern as high value feminine women by supporting his ideas with trust. He will be inspired to rise to the positive challenge of accepting more responsibility. Uh, so, for example, if you respond to him by saying, um, well, let's say there's a situation where he wants to resign from his job, for example, uh, to start his own business. If you responded to that by saying, that's great, I know you're more than capable, he'll feel the full implication of the responsibility of doing that and maybe even feel some trepidation. So he will then want to consider all his options very carefully in order to make the very best decision for you both going forward. And when a man has your total faith and trust, believe me, he will not want to let you down. He will feel compelled to live up to your belief in him. He will find your respect and admiration and belief in him almost intoxicating. And this will motivate him to be his best high value masculine self. He'll feel more empowered. He'll be thinking what a fabulous woman you are and how lucky he is to have you. And, and on the back of that, he'll be inspired to treat you like a goddess. And your happiness will be his priority. And you'll reap the rewards because, you know, it will naturally make you feel more connected to each other and, and um, lead to more intimacy in your relationship. So if you can identify with using any of these controlling behaviours in the past or, or even currently, promise yourself that next time a situation presents itself that you'll do your best to let go of control and implement one of the more high value feminine woman responses instead. And I just thought it might be a nice idea to end this particular episode with what I started with at the beginning of the previous episode in part one. And that's the let go of poem to sort of reinforce all what I've been discussing in these past two episodes. So the let go poem goes, uh, to let go does not mean to stop caring. It means I can't do it for somebody else. To let go is not to cut myself off. 
it's the realisation I can't control another. To let go is not to enable, but to allow learning from natural consequences. To let go is not to try to change or blame another. It's to make the most of myself. To let go is not to care for, but to care about. To let go is not to fix, but to be supportive. To let go is not to judge, but to allow another to be a human being. To let go is not to be in the middle arranging all the outcomes, but to allow others to affect their destinies. To let go is not to be protective, it's to permit another to face their own reality. To let go is not to deny, but to accept. To let go is not to nag, scold or argue, but instead to search out my own shortcomings and correct them. To let go is not to adjust everything to my desires, but to take each day as it comes and cherish myself in it. To let go is not to criticise and regulate anybody, but to try to become what I dream I can be. To let go is not to regret the past, but to grow and live for the future. To let go is not to lose power, but to be open to the power within. To let go is to be fearless and love more. So on that note, I'd like to remind you to remember that true love starts with opening in hearts. Until next time, I'll love and leave you and look forward to speaking to you again very, very soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.